Welcome to episode 64 of the Collector's Quest podcast. On this episode, Kat and I tell you why your games aren't worth what you think they are. I know, it's bad news. Or is it? Stay tuned and find out. Oh, but before we get there, as I appeal to you most weeks, please, if you like what we're doing, go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes, shout us out on social media, and tell your friends about us or people you talk to. Talk to them at uh, work. Tell them all of this nerdy stuff you do and make an awkward conversation and watch them judge you. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just don't worry about that. Tell them about this, though. All right. Stay tuned. Back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Kat here with Johnny. Hey, Kat. I, I think we're alone now. Is that that's correct? Yes. There is no fat, very noisy cat trying to intrude and be a guest on our podcast today. Good. That that's nice. It's yes. it's nice that Bentley has graciously accepted that he is to be on the floor or elsewhere. Well, for now, until he decides he would like to make a, another pop in appearance. Yeah. Well, I mean. That's that's what cats do. Can't really control yes. them. No, he just wants to be involved. Yep. That, you know, cats and children, they they never behave. Okay, well, uh, all I have are, are fur babies. <laughs> uh, mine are good. It's just the cat. The cat's the only one that's really annoying. <laughs> well, I have three dogs. They're they're all good. They can be annoying, but they're all they're very good dogs. I love I love my dogs. That's what I say when we're together anyways. So we have to try and keep all of our animals, apart from the podcast, quiet. Yeah, it it is a challenge, you know. <laughs> as long as they're not right by the door, we're okay. They don't yeah. understand. So anyway, you get to join just Johnny and I tonight, I guess, is what we're trying to get at. Yes, uh, we are alone, and we're recording, and it, it's just us. Cat, go ahead. Yes. Take us wherever you're taking us. Take us where. Okay, so we had a little pre-chat about something, which uh, Johnny decided to tell me my games are not worth as much as I think they are. That is correct, and uh, that goes for everyone listening too. That's true. They're just not. And it was a very to the point statement, but you know I can see how that could be. Did I convince you? Well, you brought up some really good points. You brought up some points that are honestly things I had never thought about. That's true. I, uh, it's true. I know that's true because you told me. Yes. Unless you lied to me, which we can just delve into it. What do I mean that your games aren't worth as much as I say they are? I know we're kind of kind of left field. We haven't done a podcast in a while. It's, yeah, because we did those two like really back to back, and then we didn't do one last week. So it feels like we've had like ten or twelve days or something since we've recorded. It's weird. So you just have to bear with us. Yeah. You know, like, we, we've got a good dialogue going in texting, because we talk regularly, but we're not used to talking to each other and actual, like, actually hearing each other. Uh, so yeah. it's weird. <laughs> not worth as much as you might think. That's not to say that your games aren't valuable or anything, or that your idea of your prices aren't close. 
but I've taken exception over the last couple of weeks when I'm talking to people trying to buy games and they're like, oh yeah, that's uh, that's like $35 on price charts. So I guess it's $35. (laughs) And I just kind of look at them. I'm like, okay, well, fine. And that that's kind of a bad example because the one I'm really thinking about, and I was quoted on Tony Hawk, uh, Pro Skater 2 for the PlayStation, which is okay. a dirt common game. And I like looked at the guy. I'm like, how much uh, is Tony Hawk? He's like, oh, five dollars. It's like five dollars on price charts, so it's five dollars. All right. Well, I know you have an issue with that, so why don't you tell us what that issue is? Well. You know, let me ask you first. Okay. Okay. If if you think something is $5, because price chart told you it's $5, what is the major flaw with price chart? And this is not to say price chart in sites like Game Value Now, they're not that they're bad, but they, they have some issues and they're, they're great tools. They're, they provide excellent guidance. But what what's one thing you feel like they don't incorporate? Well, for me personally, in collecting, especially if a game is a little bit more expensive or rare or even just kind of hard to come by, for me, it's condition. And I want to know, I can go and get information that's going to tell me, well, this is a good condition game. And the flaw is that it doesn't take that into effect. It could be, um, you know, a game that what had a torn label versus a game that had a mint label or, as Johnny liked to say, a squashed or stepped on box versus a, you know, really nice condition box. So that's kind of a problem because you don't know. So are you buying something and getting a really great deal because, you know, it could work that way or are you really overpaying? Right. The price charts and game value now. They're just averages. It's an aggregate of all the sales data run through an algorithm to try and weed out some bad misleading listings and get to what for card only and CIB and like graded ones, what the average price is. But that's just an average. That includes all of the gem mintiest cellophane just came out, (laughs) can shave with the corners of the box mint that you can get and also the box that has torn off flaps and is crushed and cut up and shoved into a rental case if it's listed as complete. And also there's erroneous listings that sometimes get in there too that muck up the data. Yeah, and that's a lot to try and take into consideration if you're going to go and look at that site and just rely on that, especially, like I said, if it's not a game that turns over all the time, you know, you could be basing that data on something that hasn't sold for X amount of time. Right. So. You have these averages, no condition is factored, and, and you're just like, okay. It, the other big thing I have a problem with is it does not take into account demand. Demand, right. we, we know the market is constantly in flux. <laughs> so the market moves up and down as the speed of demand you know, changes. The, the arc, it speeds up or slows down. So it never, it never captures that on, on games completely accurately. It just says, okay, here's this window of time. Here's the average of that price over this window of time. And if a game just got super hot, you know, it's not if unless they've aggregated the data down to a week, it's probably not going to capture that. So you can you can be behind the eight ball a little bit there. So your game might actually be a little more valuable than a little less. So the average won't work for you there. And again, as the condition said, but the other thing it does not take into consideration is on a Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, if there are like 75 of them on eBay. 
over the last three months. And, you know, they keep recycling through these auctions. So like 100 auctions for this game is cycled through. There's 10 completed uh, as sold. You know, 10 sold listings, 90 complete completed without sales, 100 auctions total. That means only 10, so 10% of the available inventory over the last three months has sold, and the other 90% just sat there, right. just doing nothing. So does that mean that the game is $5 then if you just look at the price chart? I think the demand would say no, that there is an outlier, a small number of games that per- perhaps sold for reasons that may not have to do with collecting or the value of the game. Maybe somebody lost a bet or they just had, a, you know, like a new collector just had a nostalgia moment for a Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 because they wanted it, you know, or one of the few people like myself who were just trying to pick one up for the set said, fine, I don't care. I'll just pay $5, even though it's like a, I feel like it should be worth a dollar. Right. That, that doesn't necessarily determine what the value is. And if you say, oh, well, if you're willing to pay $5 for it, then that's what its value is. Okay, well, one, I just rolled my eyes super hard and almost sprained them. Uh, two, that conversely would then mean whatever you're willing to sell it for is what it's worth. But no one ever says that, right? The, whatever someone's no, willing to pay. Not. No, whatever you're willing to sell it for. If one, if one is true, then the other also has to be true, right? Because you're willing to sell it. I don't understand why people don't mesh those two arguments. So if I was willing to sell it for a dollar, does that mean it's only worth a dollar? You'd be like... No, crazy, you're just that one guy who priced it wrong and I got a good deal. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe I'm just the idiot who overpaid for it and that's how you established your price. That The same logic applies. So right. that's why we need a collection of data. We need several data points to, tr- to track an arc and to see what the true trend line is, the throughput is, uh, on game values. And with something like Tony Hawk, there's not enough demand to drive that, to drive a real arc. And here's my other problems eBay listings say it completed for $5. But do sites like Game Value Now and stuff, did they take into account that it had free shipping? That game was $5 sold with free shipping. So how much of that was shipping? So $3, $2.50 was shipping? And then it doesn't take into account eBay fees. Mm-hmm. So another 15%. And then PayPal fees? Another like 5%? Well, you're, you're out like, you made like a buck on this game. You sold it essentially for a dollar. Which is not good. The post office made like three bucks on you, minus whatever their actual cost of doing business is. eBay made a little bit of money, and PayPal made a little bit of money. Everybody made a little money, and I paid $5. Does that mean the game is worth $5, or does it mean it was worth a dollar, or does it mean it's somewhere in the middle? That's a good point. That's a lot to think about. <laughs> right. And that, that that's that's really my point, is... That the conversation is not just as simple as price charting says it's five dollars, so it's five dollars. Don't say that to me. Please don't say that to me. It's not the end all be all. No, no, you can say price charting wants five dollars for it, what do you want to do? You can start the negotiations there. Sure. And I mean you can sell your game for whatever you want. And good luck to you. It's no problem on my side if you want that guy wanted $5. I said, okay, no, thank you. And I walked away and I did not buy that game from him, but he's free to keep trying to get $5 for it. Like, I'm, I don't begrudge him asking the $5. I know it sounds like I do. I'm just begrudging the practice of saying, this is the only thing we know is price charting. Right. There's, we've listed a few examples, but there are even more 
that we're not factoring into what price charting does because we've only looked at one portion. We've only looked at one example of, like, say, a Tony Hawk. So do you want me to tell you about some other examples and where our pricing can go way off and get way wrong if this is if we're a slave to this as a data point and instead of using a combination of like price charts, eBay completes, you know, and, and looking at a combination of these sites? I'm curious to know because I feel like you've probably got a good example. I do. Okay. Let's talk about Bubsy 2 real quick for the Game Boy. Okay. Um, Demand is something I said is not captured very well. And uh, we talked about it at the bottom where there's way too many auctions available and not enough people buying, so stuff sits. But something like Bubsy 2 Complete in Box for the Game Boy is something that never shows up. So rare games that never show up have the same kind of problem. There's a limited amount of data. Mm -hmm. And we get stuck. So Bubsy 2... If I have a Bubsy 2 and I throw it on eBay right now, at a buy it now for $40, it will be sold. Someone will buy that immediately. And price charting would then tell us, because the last time they had a sale on it was September of 2015, they will change their pricing to say $40, because that was the last time a complete was sold. If I listed it correctly, and it didn't get weeded out through their algorithm for some reason. Okay. It'll tell us $40. That'll be the new established price. Does that mean that that game is worth $40? Or does that mean I listed it incorrectly and I just made up a value? So are we going to establish the value of, I mean, I'm fairly informed and I know what I should sell it for, but let's say it's not me. It's somebody else who goes and does that. Does that mean Bubsy 2 is really $40? Right. Not necessarily. If I sold it for $500 on eBay and there was someone desperate to finish their Game Boy collection, and this is one of the last five or six games they need, and I'm citing this because I know this to be true, actually, that there are people who need this game. It's, it hasn't popped up in over a year. It's like a year and a half. It's never been on eBay. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. So, and I know there's a few collectors out there, and I, you know, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but I know they're waiting for that person to either list it incorrectly or someone just to put it on there so they can start finishing their set because they're so close. But stupid games like Bubsy and a Shaq Fu are, are holding them back because they never show up on eBay. But if that happened and I mispriced it at $40, it would be $40. If I put it at $500, it would then be $500 if one of these desperate collectors that want to complete a set bought it. So is that the real value of the game? It's the value of the game right then, considering the demand is super high. But if that game, that if I put Bubsy 2 out there for $500, and then people see, like, oh my god, Bubsy 2 just sold for $500? Did you see this? I have a Bubsy 2 somewhere. And then four or five more guys throw their Bubsy 2 on there? Do you think those are going to sell for $500? Yeah. No, probably that... not. The value is going to come down to a more realistic price as we get more collection of data and the demand starts to actually trace over that and creates a trend line for what the actual demand is. So if, like, suddenly 30 Bubsies went up, they're not all going to sell for $500. 30 Bubsy 2s right now are not worth $500 unless right. one person did a buyout. That's another thing we can talk about, which which happens rarely. Um, my point on this is on, on rare games, and uh, I know this is you know put on your tinfoil hat real quick. We get conspiracy theory on you. Oh my god! There is a way that people can and have manipulated the market, and this is something I used to track through eBay a long time ago, back in 2008, 2009, as I first start to see game prices super spike. 
and I, you know, I'm not like I'm not here to or expose them, and they're probably all out of collecting at this point, so it doesn't matter. But I noticed a few individuals who had very good game collections, better than mine at the time, um, you know, and had a lot of high-end stuff. I saw them selling back and forth to each other. They would put it up, and they'd put it for like $500. Again, we'll just use that example. Well, you can keep using Bubsy too. Sell it for $500. Like on Super Nintendo games, they would do this, and rare Nintendo games like Little Samson. $500, $500. When they had previously only been selling for 100 but they noticed that the market had went dry and it was kind of rare, so that wasn't that much. And sites like Game Value Now and Price Charts weren't out there. So all of a sudden, people just thought the price was $500 because if you looked at eBay completed auctions, you only saw them selling for $500. And they would use different seller accounts, and like four or five of these guys would sell the same copy of Lil' Samson back to and forth to each other. It would never actually trade hands. They would just you know, be willing to pay, like, the small listing fee to bump up the value and then actually sell, like, one of their copies of Little Samson that they had. Oh, that's sneaky. Yeah, so they would they would drive the market this way. So on a game that's very rare, like, the top 2% of games or 5% of games that are very expensive and very rarely seen on eBay, you can totally screw the market around. Now with sites, this is where things like Game Value Now and Pricing Charts are good because you can see when, when it last sold, you can see the arc. What's bad now is eBay, you can't see who it's sold to, like you can't see their seller name, who bought it, because you used to be able to track all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. there was a sneaky way that you could, uh, even on best offers and stuff, you used to be able to see who bought it and what they paid if you went to eBay Canada rather than eBay US and or eBay Europe and put in the auction number, because they had to, uh, there was some rule that they had to display the information, which they don't okay. have to do anymore, but uh, where the US site wasn't. So there was ways around this. But now eBay is, you know, concerned about people's privacy and me stalking people and their pricing. <laughs> Sitting uh, at your computer, breathing heavy, being all creepy. Yeah. <sighs> I think they're manipulating the market again. Oh. Uh, this tinfoil hat is so hot <laughs> on my head. Yeah, now, uh, anyways, but that kind of shit did happen. So it happens, and you could still do that now. It, to a lesser degree, you could do that accidentally with like my example of selling a Bubsy too, right. and just putting it at five hundred dollars. Suddenly, the market is five hundred dollars. Yeah. So if somebody has something that they think is worth a whole lot of money or or don't know, right? Right. Yeah. And so we've talked a lot about Bubsy too, but let's keep talking about. It. I want to tell you too that these pricing charts they have discrepancies between one another. I'm not saying which one you should use or anything. I think they both have their merits and they. They both do a, a fairly good job, uh, you know, in most cases. I think it's a good place to start either of these sites. I'm not trashing these sites because I think they're super valuable tools and I'm glad they exist and I do use them and I still advocate you use them and also look at completed lists. I'm just saying, make sure you're thinking it through and you're looking at all this stuff. Okay, so uh, let's hold on to one another's hands here and let's just <laughs> look. Look at the uh, Game Boy Bubsy completed price on... Game value now. $84.99. That's okay. how much they say the value is. So, I'm sorry, $81.99 is their completed price. So it looks like they okay. factored out shipping out of that one. And I don't know how they did that, but, you know, I don't know if their algorithm automatically takes off $3. But it probably costs, like, I just shipped something today. It cost me 6 bucks. So who knows if that's incorrect. That, there's more layering of, of price data. Not correct, you know, not getting you to the right price. Eighty-one dollars. Okay, that's a complete. 
loose 754. Okay, and they've got a slew of loose pricing that goes back a while, but as far as completes, they only have one registered, and that's from 2015. Okay. Okay, now let's go to price charts. And, well, I can tell you that price chart has the same sale listed, so you would think that their complete price would be about $81 as well? Well, I would assume so if it's the same sale. Wrong. Wrong. Their completed price is $9.99. Well, that's a massive difference. Right. Why is that? Because they have one in here that is erroneous data. It just says PUBG 2 Game Boy. It's not listed anywhere in the auction that it's complete, but it doesn't also list that it's only cart, you know? Okay. So the last one there, it just says it's $9. So and that, that... sold in 2017. So it's in the last year, they take the average price of the last year, which is this one sale, and it's $9.99. But so, it might not actually have fallen into that being complete. It's not uh, actually category. Okay. If you look at it, it's not complete. It wasn't a complete game. It was a cart and manual, which nine ninety nine is a, an excellent price for this. So good job, whoever bought that. The loose price? What would you think? You would think, well, surely the loose price has to be less, right? Right. Fourteen fifty. Is there any way in hell that this Game Boy cart loose is more expensive than the complete game? Well, no, obviously. No. Um. That can't happen, but that's a good point because I had never thought about how things could maybe get put in the wrong pile, so to speak. Right. Things get misallocated. They have an algorithm. It does a pretty good job, but there are ways it can be missed. And right. if you look back at price charting, so they've got a sale from 2015, 2014, 2013. So since 2013, a complete copy is sold three times. It went for $20, $26, and $85. That means this game is... In complete in boxes is actually fairly rare. So $84 is not the price of this game. It's probably more than that. Though, if I sold it for $50, as we can see by this erroneous $10 sale, we would just see that the price is $10. So Yeah, which is not a good representation. Right. So what does that lead us to understand? That the bottom, where there's too much uh, supply and not enough demand, we get mixed updated because it can't factor demand. When at the other end of the spectrum on a bell curve, you know, on the other side of the curve, if you look at too much demand, not enough supply, we won't ever get actual prices because anyone could just throw up any buy it now price and sell it. And then that would be the value. And we would never we would never get to what a true value is. We just get whatever that person listed as buy it now. Mm -hmm. So. The outliers and the ends of the curves, bad, bad data. So where can we find the best data? Stuff that is right in the middle of this curve, which is sells pretty well and has fairly good demand. So on stuff that's like pretty common, like uh, I, I used the example earlier of um, Total Carnage we, you, when you and I were talking. I yes. said, I think it's probably about 30 to a $50 game. And they tell me the average price here on, on price charts is, is $38. So you were bang on. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. So that took, I'm like, yeah, 50 to $30, that's about the price of that game. And I, I bought this game back in 2008. So this was just me spitballing on knowing about what I feel like the average of that game goes for. Yeah, great. Awesome. It's a, it's a good game. It sells pretty well. It sells well enough. It you know It's fairly common, but it has enough demand that it usually doesn't sit complete in box. You know, right. it, it turns... So we've got a, a bunch of good data points, and it has a nice curve, and we can look at a trend line and say, 
Yeah, that's probably about the average price. Which is good. So there, it, with like anything, it has its you know good points and its flaws. I guess you just have to be careful in pairing it to what you're either looking to buy or sell. Yes, I'm just imploring people um, that when you when somebody asks you what the price is, or if you're going to go sell something, just think about one, do a little research, and then think about your price. Does this price that I'm reading make sense? Does this price, this average, include shipping? Did they include the shipping? Did they not subtract the fees from it? You know, if I'm going to look at this, and minding that these sources, their main sources are are eBay and Amazon, you know, because they can collect Amazon data as well, that there's fees associated and then shipping on top of that from both of those sites. So where where is that price? Where does it actually live? Is it in that price where everybody made money or is it at the price where only you made the money? Is it worth what you sold or is it worth what I'm buying? Or is it more realistically somewhere in the middle? And then Well, that's a lot to think about. Yeah, or, and you know, just don't be a slave to that. Just, you know, use some good judgment. Like if you've got a Bubsy too, don't do yourself a disservice and be like, oh, I guess it's $10, so let me just sell it. I guess I should just sell the loose cart for 15 though, and just keep this box. Like what? What? No. Do a little more homework. Do that. Well, I guess it never hurts to do too much research, right? Well, that, you, you, that's a can of worms. I disagree with that statement completely because then you get into a, a time analysis, you know, and benefit conversation. At what point along this arc have I started using too much time? And what is my time worth compared to what this item that I'm trying to research is worth for selling? Okay, maybe you should not do that. <laughs> I am guilty of that all the time, but I'm also it is also my job to be an analyst. Right. I do the I do that when it's not my job. I'm just always thinking about this and spending way too much time and I'm like, you know what? I just I just like tried to find the best deal on this game. I tried to get it down to $7. I spent 3 hours trying to get it to $7. That was not time well spent. I should have just spent the money cuz my time is worth more than that $3. Right. But sometimes, on some level, it might be part of the, I need to get the deal for the rush of getting the deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, part of it is like that, the pseudo, the hunt, you know. I can't really go out and hunt because I don't have the time, but I can hunt from my computer or my phone while I'm in other situations. So I can kind of, I did it, I got a good deal. When really, I should have just like worked an hour of overtime and made a lot more money than $3. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, if I would have just worked for three three extra hours, then I, I would have made a bunch of money and could have bought like seven games. But instead, I wasted three hours trying to find a good deal on this one. Not profitable. <laughs> well, I guess it has to be that way sometimes. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just imploring you to think. Uh, did I miss anything? I there are there are other factors too, and I could like we could really start to harp on, you know, getting into the minutia of of what builds a price, what builds demand. But I, I think we've covered a lot and kind of given everyone a good general idea of yeah, what no, they should I be think, looking for. I think that's good. I think the biggest thing, like you said, is just to look at it. And, you know, if something hasn't sold in, you know, <laughs> two years or a year or something like that, and it, it's probably going to have a little bit more demand because obviously there's not a lot of copies out there. So don't maybe just go by what it says. Think about it. Look at it. Do a little bit of research. Not too much research, though. We should clarify that. <laughs> right. And if if it's a, a dirt common game, don't try to squeeze price chart out of people. You're just going to sit on it. And we could talk about just the cost. There's a cost analysis 
that like retail stores do for keeping things on a shelf. So if you keep something in stock, keeping something in stock costs you money. The ability to churn and keep capital is an important concept that a lot of uh, like pseudo game resellers have not embraced because here's what they think. Um, And here's another issue I have with everyone thinking what their games are worth. Okay, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to be firm on this price. My price is outlandish, but I'm going to be firm on it because I think games are worth a bunch of money. And then they wait three years and they still haven't sold it. They're like, I'm going to get this $100 for this game. And then the actual market starts to catch up to that price and then they get that $100 and then they're reinforced on that idea like, see, I knew if I just held out, eventually somebody would buy it. And you're just like, well, you didn't think about that the market was just expanding and you didn't really expand your price. And in the race with the market, the market just caught up to you and your idiotic price. And had you just sold it for maybe $70 two years ago, you would have then had that capital to reinvest. Keeping things on the shelf costs you money. Yeah. Your ability to be liquid, churn product, take more product, provides you the opportunity to pick up better deals. If your funds are then restricted, like I can't go buy this great collection from this guy to then churn because I'm I'm too invested in trying to get the most out of these 10 games I invested all of my money in, that's idiotic. Just make make a smaller profit. I'm not saying don't make a profit, but make a smaller profit so you have the ability to take opportunities and deals when they come. Just holding on to that one game. Like if someone offers you a dollar less, sure, maybe it's the principle of the thing, but the principle of the thing might be costing you in the long run due to opportunity you may not see that saving that dollar or getting that extra dollar you know later may have cost you a hundred dollars because you didn't have the the capital to capitalize on other opportunities that would come your way and get more product and turn through better product yeah and i think too if you're like if you have a collection where you don't have a lot of space and you're tight on space holding on to a lot of games which are not worth a lot because you don't want to take like a dollar or two less it's probably not the best thing if you're trying to build your collection you know there's only so much space i've i've definitely been there not in this house but in our our old house yeah i i i've i'm guilty of all of these things by the way i'm not perfect i i've held on to stuff too long and said why didn't i just sell that when that guy offered me like 10 bucks Oh, yeah. I, I, I try when I go to conventions and I'm selling my extras just to get rid of them. That's my policy now. Just realize uh, there's opportunity. I just want to get rid of stuff, try and get as fast as possible, take the con- uh, the condition into a factor, take a little less. I would rather just move it and then get other stuff and let that value grow than keep on these other things. But I've definitely made that mistake. And I think we've all we've all been oh, there once yeah. or twice, you know, where we're like, oh, I should have sold that when I got offered that stupid amount of money. Oh well, you know, just think about those things. Just think about these things when you're when you're pricing your games and and how you can actually better assist your collection by, uh, especially if you're selling or buying, knowing and being armed with what the best prices are and having this knowledge when you start to negotiate. And I, I've turned this conversation on people and I see eyes glass over when they're like, "That's five dollars," and I'm like, "Well, actually, if you consider this," the, and I can see them just being like, uh, "What is this guy talking? Why is he still talking?" And I know a lot of the podcast listeners feel that way, probably in this episode. But yeah, yeah, do your homework. Yeah, I I think that's a good point because it's not perfect, but it is still definitely a good tool. Yep. Good tools. Just do, do all the, do all the homework. Don't, don't do half the homework. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, that was our topic. I, I think I'm pretty well talked through that. 
No, I think you had some good points. It definitely made me think because there are some things that you've mentioned that honestly I hadn't really considered. Yeah, it's unfortunately something I think about a whole lot. Well, if we've missed anything or if you have a point you think resonates with you the most, let us know on Instagram. Well, I'm always interested to know what other people's thoughts are. Yeah, if you think I'm 100% wrong and you have some counter arguments, love to hear that. I would would love to hear it. I challenge you. Bring it. No, no, I'm I'm open to the discussion because uh, as someone who is a fan of data, I would like to I would like a, a better purview. If you have new information you can expose me to that my brain has not conjured up and it's a limited brain, it's not going to think of everything. Please, please do. I'm my I'm wrong all the time. So let me know how I made a mistake. <laughs> all right, then. Yeah, it happens. We all make mistakes. We're not all perfect. Okay. We're not all Fair. not like you, cat. Oh, I am far from perfect. Okay. Good. Good then. So, uh, yeah, the next part of the show? Yes. We can move on. So what have you been playing? Uh, Zelda. Okay, well, that makes sense. I figured as much. Are you going to be stuck on that until you're, you're satisfied with being finished? Yeah, well, the problem is I there's a main quest to the game, and I don't know what it is anymore. Cause I'm just okay. like, I'm like, I'm just going to run over here. Ooh, a seed. I just found a seed. Oh, what's in this dungeon? Okay. I'm just off doing whatever I want. You're exploring. Yeah, I am. I'm just okay. out in the wilderness, deep, climbing mountaintops and, uh, roaming. Not profitably roaming. It's not, I'm not spending my time well in completing a quest. I've only got one of the divine beasts done. I'm actually working on it. I just got to the second one. Uh, about to start that, though I think is actually the third one because I'm doing it out of order. But are you? But if you're content with your roaming, I guess it doesn't matter how you do it as long as you're enjoying it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm totally enjoying it. I, I think it's a, a marvelous game. I know John has a different opinion, but he's yeah, wrong. He's, he's wrong. He's not digging it, but uh, yeah, Johnny doesn't share that uh, opinion. Yeah. Well, I, look. I, there, there, I think there's two schools here. Some people are totally in love with this and some people are like, this isn't exactly like Zelda that I like. I get both of those arguments. It's nonlinear. I really feel like if you look at Ocarina of Time, I think Ocarina of Time took what Link to the Past did and made it 3D. You know, it was kind of linear, a story, you know, you kind of knew where you were going and it was, you know, it did, it did that. They captured that into 3D. It wasn't quite as big, and it wasn't quite as open world, but there was some open world to explore. And you know, you you went around, and there was, you know, here's here's Death Mountain over here, and here's the village, and you know, here's Hyrule Castle. Like the, those were like key points that you recognize from like say Link to the Past. And you know, it's not that's not an exactly correct parallel or anything. But I, if we look at Breath of the Wild, I really find it is a lot like Zelda One. <laughs> And it's weird that it's like, this is the game that they said, if we made Zelda 1 a 3D game, what would it be like? Because when you start Zelda 1, it's just like, dangerous to go alone, take this. And I know I I said this in like the last episode, but yeah, the more I play, the more I feel like this is true. You can just go roam and find a random ass heart container. Well, I mean, you find spirit orbs, which gets you heart containers, but you're just like, I'm over here. What am I doing over here? Oh, I found a seed. Cool. What do I need this for? I don't know. What did I find this thing for? I don't know. Yeah, a lot of different weapons. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, you're 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 still it's it's still working well for you. 
Yep, and I, I mean, you guys played it on the... John played it on the Wii U. I'm playing it on the Switch. I'm really digging the Pro Controller, you know, roaming around with that. Uh, really like it. Yeah, it's great. I'm That's still good. playing that and still enjoying that a great deal. Uh, I'm looking... I want to get Binding of Isaac, but, I, you know, I'm just still playing Zelda. And there's You're just a, not done. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not done. And I... There's some cool-looking downloadable games. I got some stuff for the Neo Geo just came out. You know, that, there's some good stuff. I'm I'm loving it thus far. But I okay. want I want more announcements about, like, if any of this other eShop stuff I bought is going to translate over, because that would be sweet if it did. I don't expect it to, but... And with each day, I feel less and less. I'd like to know what their Nintendo download service is actually going to look like. So I'm still... Skeptical about that, but for now, I'm enjoying Zelda. I'm really looking forward to more to Mario Kart again. Yep. With the, the, the new characters and all the DLC and the, the new battle maps. And, and Kat, did you hear what they announced? What? Secret of Mana Collection coming out. I mean, at least in Japan, it's been announced. But that's Secret of Mana 1, 2, and 3. The one we got that we know as Secret of Mana is actually Part 2. And I think it's Final Fantasy adventure or legend was actually you know they made it final fantasy adventure or legend over here but it was really secret of mana one they just okay. can't, brought it over here and i said stupid americans they like final fantasy call it final fantasy and then the third one which if you get like the repro you'll get secret of mana 2 repro that's actually part three and that's going to be on there so that's that's a pretty sweet collection i'm hoping they translate it and we get to play it in english well, that would make you very happy, and I think you'd have like a, a good something to look forward to, right? Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm super excited about this. I'm I'm super hoping that comes to America. Okay. But, it, but if it doesn't, guess what? What? It's region free. I can play it. So either way, you're getting your wish. Yep. Even if it's just for the collection, because I, I mean, it depends if they put any of the dialogue in English. I think if they're gonna go through that, they might as well just release it here. But who knows? Who knows? Still, around. that's your. If you could have one, that's what you want. I mean, it's great to have it, but I'm sure you'd rather be able to have it all translated and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's what I'm playing. What are you guys playing? Um, I've been uh, stuck on between uh, Mario Kart and Mario Party because we've been in the studio a lot. So that's a good like. I'm gonna eat dinner and unwind. You know, something that's fun and lighthearted <laughs> that I don't feel like too involved in I, I'm worried about like getting sucked into something and I'm really bad for that because there are days that I will play a game and if I'm really into it it's like oh where did my eight hours go ah yeah so something light on the menu yes which is good because I mean those are nostalgic for me so I think too when I'm busy things that are nostalgic are just fun for me yeah uh, well yeah. I mean look I own all this Nintendo stuff I'm I'm good with nostalgia being fun Yes, and so that's been working. So that's been the main thing right now. I don't know what's on my next... Like, I feel like I want to make a list right now of games that I want to play, because I, I know there's lots of options, and I can't use the excuse, oh, I have nothing to play. But I can't figure out what to play. Yeah, well, we, we should talk about some, some sweet Wii U games that you could pick up, because there are some good ones. Yes, I think that's the biggest thing, is I just... I don't want to look i just want somebody to be like you need to play this you need to play this because that would be good that would be good right now have you played woolly world no uh, i haven't i think you would like yoshi's woolly world okay it's cute. well that's a good one i don't know if it's any good they also have it for the 3ds now oh, do, the, oh yeah yeah and the poochie amiibo is adorable <laughs> 
Okay, well, you know the amiibo is not going to happen. Well, it well, there's a set that comes with the amiibo, so you could, you know, it's a it's it's not like a plastic one; it's a yarn sewn one. I think you would okay. like, like the Yoshi well, yarn sewn ones that are cool. Yeah, so that makes it a little better. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's like the first time we've talked about amiibos in a really long time. I think so, absolutely. Yeah, so let, let's move on from that before. <laughs> oh, you know what we can say real quick? Holy what? shit, those Zelda amiibos! Oh god, the price on those! Holy crap! Not not the Breath of the Wild ones, even though those are expensive. Turns out the amiibos are pretty useful in uh, Breath of the Wild. So okay. I even I even opened my 8-bit Link so I could try and get his classic costume. Right. Which I have not happened yet. But, um, you know, like the Toon Link and the Toon, Toon Zelda 2-pack, there was that, like, pack that released in the fall, summer. Those got really expensive. There was uh, Link from Ocarina, there was the 8-bit Link, and then there was Toon Link and Zelda. Those yeah. ones got really expensive. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we had a tune link and we sold it. Yeah, yeah, and all of all of the Zelda amiibos are crazy right now. So if you're collecting and you have those, take a look at those prices on eBay. If you don't care about your amiibos that much, uh, maybe now's the time. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they got expensive, pricey, pricey, pricey. Supply and demand. Yep, people are into Zelda and those amiibos are useful. Fair. What would you buy? I haven't bought anything. You haven't bought anything? No, I haven't bought anything, but I feel like you've probably bought a whole lot of some things. I have not bought a whole lot of some things. Really? Really. I've bought... Okay. It's not that I haven't bought anything, because I, I did buy stuff. Yeah, I figured as much. But my... What you think, like... Normally, I buy enough stuff that not everything gets mentioned, because it's not, like, really worth it. Right. So I'm just going to go through, and let's see. The last time I bought something on eBay... That was before my last purchase was February 27th. Wow. Right? That's a long time for you. Like, I'm kind of, like, I just, I don't even know what to say. Right. Like, I bought, like, I bought a few, like, I mean, I did in that time buy the Switch and stuff. Like, I've had games and stuff I've been playing. But here's what I bought, and this was actually bought on March 10th. So it was, the gap wasn't that long. I did buy one thing on March 10th, and that was Buffy the Vampire Slayer Wrath of the Dark Cool King for the Game Boy Advance. Oh my goodness. Hey, don't judge. Buffy is an excellent game. Okay, I'm actually, not judging. I don't actually know if this one's an excellent game. The uh, the one on the GameCube is really fun, actually. It's a good game. Okay. Yeah, it's a, um, the one on the Xbox, too, is also very good. Those were two solid games. There's one on the Game Boy Color uh, as well. Now it's actually the first one. And then there's the other two. And then there's this one, which is the fourth in the series. And the fifth in the series is called... Buffy the Vampire Slayer Sacrifice, and weirdly never came to America. Oh. Yeah. So it's an import title only, but it's region free, so you can play it on an American DS. Okay, that's cool. Right. So I like the prices vary pretty wildly. Like I want the PAL one that is specific to the UK. Like I okay. think that would be the best one because it's got like the English title. It's just got the ugly PAL box, like the weird clear plastic one. Yeah. But like I can live with that. But I also like the Italian one, because then it's like Buffy, and then the rest of it's all in Italian. Oh, so it makes it more almost sophisticated. Well, it yeah, maybe. It's also, like, <laughs> a lot cheaper. Cause they want like okay, well, that's... They want, like, $50 for the UK one. And this one you can get for, like, 20 bucks. I was like, well, all right. Okay, yeah, that's a big price difference. Yep. For a game, like, uh, it's like, eh, it's not a... This more because I like Buffy. I, I just like the show. I'm a I'm a Buffy nerd. I, I enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Have you ever watched it? 
I have when I was younger, but to be honest, I don't remember it all that well. I see it pop up on Netflix and stuff all the time, and I'm like, I should watch that. But then I'm worried. I'll be like, why did I watch that? No, watch it. Okay, watch, watch I won't the be first disappointed. Ep- no, watch the first episode. Okay, I will give it a go, because you know what? Sometimes those things, and like, you, if it maybe no memory is better than the memory I have now, or you don't want to watch something because you have a good memory, and you're like, if I watch this as an adult, oh, it's yeah. going to ruin it. Yeah, well, I, I have good nostalgia for that show, so I don't know if it's my nostalgia talking or what. But yeah, I, I still enjoy that show, uh, and I'd been rewatching it recently, like over the last two years. I mean, I, rewatching it slowly. I'm on season five now, so yeah, I was like, yeah, I want to make sure I have all those Buffy games. And then I found out this stupid uh, Wrath of the Dark Hole King for a GBA thing's kind of expensive and also kind of hard to find. It took me, yeah, it took me a little while to find it. Like eventually went to um instagram and was like please does anybody have this no and then one actually popped up on ebay okay but it was like 38 dollars plus like shipping from canada <laughs> and was the shipping expensive it was 12 dollars. okay well that's a fair amount of shipping yeah i mean so i wanted to spend like 50 bucks on this game kind of rare kind of well, hard to find yeah but you have it now i do have it it, it, well, it arrived and everything it arrived the other day uh, and it arrived in good shape yep it arrived in good. good condition, and then I just made another purchase yesterday. So even from then, so I bought that on the 10th, and then I didn't buy another game until the 21st. That's a long time for you. Like, these are very spaced out, is what I should say, maybe. Yes, and then this one, I, I wasn't even sure I was going to buy this one because it's expensive. It's pricey. Uh, I bought Zelda Hyrule Warriors. Okay. Which sounds like, oh, who gives a shit? A Wii U game that's dirt common. Great. Except I bought the Nintendo World Limited Edition one. Okay, cool. Which comes in the giant box and is pretty much the last uh, Wii U thing I needed. Like, I had the, I have the complete Wii U set. I'll just announce that now. have the complete Wii U set. But I wanted, you know, I, I got the Limited Edition Mario Kart 8, so I really wanted to get the Zelda to go with it. Like, as the, I have a bunch of the variants for the system, so I wanted, like, these two as, like, the crown jewels of that collection. I like to have one or two things for each collection. That's It's not just the set. I have this extra thing that really enhances the collection. And these yeah, were the cool two things. Yeah, cool display, right? Yeah. So I got these two things. And uh, yeah, I spent a chunk of money on that. I spent, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I spent $500 on it. Oh my God. I know. And that sounds horrible. But the guy before me bought one for like $1,100. Okay, so in, yes, it's a lot of money, but in terms of what the other person paid, you did good. Yeah, I was expecting to pay like $700 for this because it was open auction. When I got it for five, I was like, oh my God, really? Cool. And I was only willing to spend like my max bid I put at 650 because I was just like, that is all the fun money I can legitimately put aside. And I sold like two games that I had extra from the box preparation of trying to get this thing. And I had like $200 sitting in my PayPal. Okay, I can't really go over this. Oh my god, I'm supposed to be saving my money for other stuff right now. Shit. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. But that's so, good. So then you you felt like it was like you were happy with how it ended. Then. Yeah, I mean, I'm still like, oh my god, I spent a lot of money on this stupid game. But eh, you know, I'll be fine with it in a month. I'll be like, okay, yeah, it's whatever. It's money, almost it's like gone. when you get it and it's there and it's all shiny and new and pretty, you're like, ah, it doesn't matter what I spent. Yeah, I'll, I'll be. I mean, I'm very happy about it now. Anyway, so that that's what I. That's what I got. That's what I spent. I'm I'm pleased. I can't wait to to do the Wii U episode, and we can talk about all the weird stuff that's on the Wii U. 
I think that would be good, too, because then I feel like I'll have, like, this really good list of games to play. Yeah, we uh, we can we can give you some advice. I, I want you to play Woolly World. I liked it. People are, okay, like, mediocre. I think it's adorable. Like, the whole okay, game is well, adorable. It's always worth a play. I mean, what's the worst case scenario? I get it, I don't like it, I sell it. It's not the end of the world. No, and you can you can get it fairly cheap. Yeah, well, I'm, any suggestions are always welcome, because, like I said, sometimes it's just... You go stand in the game room and you're like, I have no idea. I almost just want somebody to be like, play this, this, and this. Yeah, well, try Woolly World. It's it's no life is strange, but what are you going to do? Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, I know. Now, that's a callback, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who have been listening for a while. Life is strange. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> All right. Just don't. don't. Don't go there. It was traumatic for me. I don't want to go there. It was not that traumatic. It was that traumatic. It was a friggin' story, and I was like, man, I just want to play something. <laughs> no, you're, like, trying to get away into the night, and it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, maybe it's a game that needs to be played with wine. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, play it with wine. Maybe I'm more patient, you know? I can drink my wine, listen to this enormous story that's supposed to be a video game. Yes, that's what you should do. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm Fair done. Enough. I'm done. Okay. You done? I, I'm done. I have nothing more. I, I'm my like I said. I'm not that interesting this week because I did not buy anything, but I did play some stuff, which was good, and it was nostalgic, which made it really fun. Excellent. Good show. We went way longer than I expected. I'm tired now. Going to bed. <laughs> Sleep time. Right. Fair enough. All right, everybody. We'll see you. Well, we won't see you. We'll talk to you next week. Cat, where might we find you on Instagram? You- you can find me on Instagram at Catsylvania, K-A-T-S-E-L-V-A-N-I-A. And I'm Johnny underscore Iucci, that's J-O-H-N-N-Y underscore I-U-C-C-I. Go theirs to the things and see them. Hooray! <laughs> All right, we're done. Bye. <laughs>